Right on, right on, right on. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod. I'm Michael. He is Josh. We are excited for episode number two. Uh, Josh, we got a lot of feedback. <laughs> it seems like people I didn't even think would listen to this podcast were listening to the first episode, getting excited for it. Uh, how's your week been going? Yeah, no, it's been going pretty good. Uh, pretty exciting uh, to at least have one episode here under our belt. So, yeah, just looking forward for episode two here now. Yeah, right on. Yeah, today on the show, we want to recap uh, some CFL games that took place on the weekend. We want to talk maybe a little bit NFL in our Pick'em segment. Uh, we're going to find our performers of the week, and we're going to talk a bunch of NHL. What we're going to start doing over the next number of shows as we lead up to the NHL preseason, which is on the horizon, we're going to be talking and breaking down the Canadian teams. Uh, we're going to do two per episode, Josh, and then uh, the la- the fourth episode from now, this being number one of those shows, we will do totally Oilers on that, obviously, because that's the team you and I like to zone in and, on, and follow. And today we're going to talk Montreal, Ottawa, uh, give a little opinion, preview, if you will, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. We're going to talk a little bit of PTO, professional tryouts, and uh, yeah, stay tuned, that and more on the MG Sports Pod, episode two. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod. Josh, here we are, episode number two, season one. Uh, we want to talk briefly on some CFL. Obviously, this week was kind of the flip of last week. Last week, we had all the Labor Day games. This week was a lot of rematches. Unless you're Hamilton, you got the bye and didn't get to play again. Um, yeah, why don't we just we'll walk through these games. We don't need to do them super in-depth. But I think there's a lot of stuff that took place um, during the week of the, the CFL, anyways, uh, that we can, we can touch on. I think, first and foremost, the CFL had their first uh, Super Saturday of the season, which is a triple header on Saturday because – once the NFL starts, the CFL doesn't do Thursday night football because you're competing with that league, right? So that's not really a point in in trying to do that for ratings for a league that, for lack of better sense of terms, and as much as I hate to say it, is second best to the NFL in terms of popularity. But that's how it is. Um, let's quickly talk, run through these games. So BC was in Montreal. Um and I don't think they were even really noticed to be in Montreal. Montreal really took it to them. 31 to 10 was the final in that game. What'd you what you think rival. of the game? Yeah, what a rivalry is right, right? That used to be the old Labor Day game when we had eight teams. They were the last two that were left out because the other six paired up. Um, I think for me, I was a little disappointed that Vern Adams didn't get to play more because I thought, what a storyline for a CFL game if he were to come back and play against Harris, right? Um, and I think the CFL kind of missed out on that. Pipkin was average. He didn't throw a TD through the air. He had one on the ground. That offense looks so lost without Nathan Rourke back there. Um, and the run is minimal. And then you have Montreal on the other side is completely dominant. Harris, Harris was decent. He didn't have one of his better games, but got it done. And then you have Fletcher and Antwi on the ground. Uh, I think Fletcher had some 70-some yards and Antwi had about 47 or something like that. They're a dynamic threat on the ground, the both of them. It's kind of like what Saskatchewan has when when Morrow and Hickson are both healthy. But what did you think of that game? Just quick overview before we keep moving on. Yeah, no, I kind of agree. Um, Vernon Adams, 
that could have been marketed a little better, I think, for that game, seeing as it was kind of the odd one out, um, just to bring him in and face his old team kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, he needs time to learn the offensive playbook as well. So, I mean, there's only so much you can do with him. I mean, he's been there for a week and a bit, but that's still to learn an entire new playbook. It's going to take you some, some time. So, uh, can see over the next couple games kind of integrating him more and maybe not next week, week after kind of thing, being a starter for a full game. Um, yeah, no, Alouette's kind of took control of that game and just kind of ran with it and, and were able to uh, come away with a pretty easy win in that one, I'd say. Yeah, they, they kept pounding the ground, they, and Montreal, that is, and, and just kept kind of pushing at them. I mean, um, I don't know what's up our favorite owner Gary Stern is back on Twitter and he was guaranteeing an Alouette's win right then and there I guess now that Vernon Adams is gone he's back on Twitter but um it's it is it's interesting like BC just looks lost out there the CFL writers all of them but one picked BC to win that game easily um and it sure didn't didn't replicate to what it was supposed to be oh I was just gonna say it looks seems like BC's kind of lost their swagger without uh oh what's his name <laughs> yeah nathan rourke rourke yeah like he's just like he was the guy seem, yeah like they just don't seem the same since he's been injured which is kind of crazy how one guy can affect it that much but he did drive that offense very well and kept them in the ahead in games so i mean you take that out of the equation and it's going to be hard to kind of keep up for sure for sure i like it's it's like uh, one year the Riders were eight and one. They went to Winnipeg. Durant get hurt, got hurt, and they just like limped to the finish line, lost in the first round. It was it was one of those moments. He was just having a career year, but that's that's sports, right? And uh, good and bad happen. Toronto was in Ottawa taking a twenty four nineteen win, and uh, not by any means running away with it. Um, Ottawa has turned a corner here. Our buckle was 26 for 40, which, I mean, it's not a super impressive percentage, but 290 yards. And I think there was only two guys that only had one catch. The rest of them had four, five, or six, I believe, in that stat line. Like, he spreads the ball around very efficiently. Um, Gittins Jr. for Toronto, eight catches for 161 yards and a touchdown. Um, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I think, is one of the most unsung and underrated quarterbacks in the CFL. Uh, he had 365 yards through the air, a, a TD and a pick, that TD obviously to, to Gittins there. But um, the other piece that I am loving watching in Toronto right now with Andrew Harris out is A.J. Ouellette. Um, he had th- 29 yards on the ground. He had 26 through the air. Um, just all-round weapon. And that's what Harris was when he was there already, right? So it's not like they've even lost a beat to have that dual threat running back. But uh, what do you think of Toronto right now? Yeah, no, it's it's very interesting because when uh, originally when Harris went down, you kind of figure there there goes the run game. Well, it'll be more of a passing offense. Um, but yeah, that AJ Ouellette's kind of stepped in there and kept them in things and like keeps the ground game rolling. And he's been kind of surprising because I I hadn't really heard of him before the Harris injury. So mm-hmm. and um, yeah, no, that was a. I think I watched a decent amount of that game. It was kind of back and forth. Nobody was really running away with anything in that one. And 
it's kind of nice to see Nathan Rourke kind of finding his rhythm now and kind of making a case to stay the starter of that offense right now, even, even in a loss like that, like still a pretty good performance by him. No, I meant for uh, Arbuckle. Sorry, I meant Arbuckle. Arbuckle. For okay. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Way off base. No, he's uh, and he's really taking that role. Someone had to um, because it wasn't really working the way it was rolling initially. Um, but yeah, that's that was a real uh, gut check moment though for Ottawa because that would have really brought them back into playoff contention with gaining ground on the first place team, but. Um, Alas, the, the gap gets wider. So uh, so let's move on here, Josh. Uh, we're at uh, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg. I was at that game about halfway through. I wish I wasn't. Um, but actually, like, there's an underlying story here because uh, I had no idea about this stomach bug that was going through the team. Um, apparently, they had the offensive line hooked up to IVs before the game. Um the backup quarterback fell ill and didn't even dress. There's four of them that didn't dress. Two of them played the first quarter and then just told the coach, I can't keep going. Um, they flew in Jake Dolagala, who's their third string quarterback, who wasn't even on the depth chart to start the game. And then Craig Reynolds, the, the uh, CEO of the Riders, actually drove two players in his car to the game. Like I, It's just madness what was happening here. Um, so 54-20 Winnipeg win is whatever to me when I heard all of that stuff. Um, to me, it's a game you just chuck and you move on because there's no point in belaboring that. Um, five quarterbacks played in this game. Fajardo, Dolagala, um, Caleros, Drew Brown, and Dakota Prukop. All five played. And, and it's just amazing. The only good point for me in that game, with something I could stand up for, was the Alford return because kick returns never get old no matter who it is. Um, and to watch Alfred just like rip it up to start the half and draw them right back in the game was like, okay. But what did you think of that game before I add a few more thoughts here? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually uh, watched a decent amount of this one as well. Um, like last week I wasn't able to watch too much of the games, but this week I was able to watch a little bit more and it, off the hop, it looked like it was going to be a pretty good game. Like uh, Saskatchewan and Winnipeg were kind of back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden, uh, Winnipeg just kind of took over and mm-hmm. just didn't really look back after that. And they just kept going and going and going and going and going and got points on every possession, I think, regardless of touchdown or a field goal. It seemed like there was no empty possessions for them. So I mean, it is kind of interesting looking looking at this. Like Winnipeg won last week. They won this week. Stampeders won last week. They won this week. Like everyone kind of stayed on top of <laughs> where they were like from last week. And usually it's like kind of the opposite. Like usually one team will win the Labor Day. The other one wins the rematch. It's kind of a split on the series. But it's kind of interesting to see like the same teams kind of win back-to-back weeks. Yeah, and I think for the Saskatchewan one, um, I mean, I'll always dive deeper into those because it's my team. But I, you know, I wasn't wasn't like once it got to about forty some to twenty, I was like, well, whatever, it's done. But it's uh, it's so intriguing to me the penalties. Like I, I just 
and I never, I don't want to be that guy, but I mean, one of the touchdowns, Rashid Bailey took it around the corner and the guy was yanking on Moncrief's arm. He couldn't even get free to try and tackle him. And there was no call there. Even when Bomber fans beside me, my father-in-law telling me that should not be a touchdown, that tells you something. Um, <laughs> Fajardo doing a hook slide, gets a helmet to helmet hit. They throw the flag and then mid announcing it, Andre Pru is like, there's no infraction on the play. Like to me, and then the, the same thing happened in the, uh, in the BC Montreal game. There's a hit there that the riders got called for two weeks ago. And, and it just makes you kind of wonder now the riders take stupid penalties. There's all these behind beyond the whistle penalties too. Like they need to clean it up. I'm not making excuses for them, but for some of those, it's like when you play Winnipeg, like at one point, the penalties in the second quarter, Saskatchewan had three for whatever it was, 30 yards. And Winnipeg had yet to have a flag against them when <laughs> there's clear blatant moments here, right? And so um, I don't know what happened last week too. I remember there was a, they pulled the flag out of the pocket to throw for no yards. And then the guy, before he threw it, put it back in his pocket. I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. Um, but when it's the riders, it was the other way around. And it's just kind of, I don't want to be that guy, but that's how it looked watching it. Um, the other thing that to me was amazing is Frankie Hickson against the Bombers. Like they always tell you in fantasy, never start a running back against the Bombers and Hickson has ripped them up two weeks in a row. Like, I, I don't know. I would love to see what Jamal Morrow can do. Cause obviously we won't see him play against Winnipeg this year, unless it comes to playoffs for some strange reason. Um, but it is what it is. And, and Rashid Bailey and Dembski, they both had great outings as well with touchdowns and well over a hundred yards. It, I don't even know if they got to hundred yards, but they were slicing and dicing. That's for sure. Yeah, I actually, uh, I had Nick Dembski on my fantasy team and then I took him off last second to make a switch and <laughs> regretted it. I know when we talk about fantasy, I always do that. I have these lineups and then I'm like, I look at the depth charts and I'm like, oh, this guy's actually starting. So then I mix a bunch of stuff around, but I just got to start sticking with my original plan because that's hurt me two or three times already this year where I take a guy off and he just goes off for like touchdowns and hundred yard receiving games. Um, but in regards to your penalty thing, I saw that Fajardo thing, the hook slide and the guy helmet to helmet, nothing happened from that. Like yeah. there's no flag or anything. And it's just like, isn't that what they're trying to eliminate is all these headshots. And it's just like, it was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> And and Fajardo's always been that guy that slides late. So I do I do get where the Bomber fans are like, hey, what the heck? Like we have a... <laughs> it is. I, I get it. I do. Um, but I I just gotta be careful. And I mean, football is for whatever reason becoming a non-contact sport, which is ridiculous, it feels. But I mean, yeah, the riders, I don't know. They play Edmonton this week and then they go back to Winnipeg. So <laughs> we'll see, see what they can do. Uh, speaking of the Elks. They played uh, the Stampeders. We went to Boston Pizza after the Ryder game. Um, got to Boston Pizza, and it was 21-7 to 7 in the first quarter for Calgary. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to end badly. And the score was almost virtual, right? It was 56-28 to 28 for the Stamps. Jake Mayer, what do you say, six incompletions only the whole game, 287 touchdown. Uh, Cornelius 23 for 32 with 292, two touchdowns and interception. He's, he's not bad. It's, it's for whatever reason, they just can't stop. It's like the riders, their defense isn't, their offense isn't terrible. It's just their defense lacked for a game. I don't know what's up. And then Brown for the Elks and carry for the, uh, 
for the Stampeders, they combined for over 200 rushing yards on just 19 runs. And that's, that's together. And then Bagleton, Darrell Walker, Mitchell, well over a hundred yards as well. But what'd you think of that game? It's kind of, it was a blowout from the beginning. Like it was early already 21, seven, and then they were just walked away with it. Yeah, no, I turned that game on uh, to start. I, uh, I actually caught the very beginning of that game and yeah, one of, can you, on the first drive, Cornelius throw a pick six. So it's like <laughs> starting the game out like that. It's already going to be a rough night. But uh, yeah, our brother David was actually at that game, and he's a Stampeders fan, so he was pretty happy. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he was one of the few in that stadium. I think they were happy that of how it ended. But yeah, no, it's it's. Did you say Mayer only threw one touchdown? Threw Thru, one touchdown. Yeah, that's yeah, what it said. That's, that's pretty crazy to see like 56 points and he's got one passing TD and you say the one pick six on there. So that's 14 of those points. And it's like, where'd the other 50, like the other 30, whatever it would be 40 points come from. But um, yeah, like that running back Brown for the Elks. Um, Kevin Brown. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of came out of nowhere as well. Kind of in the same frame as uh let for the Argos. They lost James Wilder early, early on. But uh, I think they got a good guy in this Brown. And mm-hmm. he's kind of picked up the slack in the run game. Like, it's pretty impressive to watch. He's a pretty small guy, but like, he does not go down on first contact ever. He's very, yeah, very strong. It's like, it's just very impressive to watch. And I mean, last podcast I talked about Kadeem Carey. Like, <laughs> what do you do to stop that guy? <laughs> really? Like, mm-hmm. he's for real a pretty unstoppable force. Uh, it was kind of crazy to see uh, Darrell Walker finally have a game <laughs> with um, Kenny Lawler out. He kind of had his opportunity because Darrell Walker. I remember what was it four or five years ago when he was on when they were the Eskimos at the time, but like he was the guy, like he was mm-hmm. that number one option. I, and uh, then he went to Toronto for a bit, I think. Yep. Yep. And then I think he went to the NFL for a bit and then came, when he came back, he was, uh, came back to Edmonton, but he just like, I don't know. He hasn't really seemed the same since coming back from the NFL. Like he's not that huge playmaker anymore. And I don't know. Maybe he lost confidence going down there and not being able to make it. I don't know what it was, but it was kind of nice to finally see him have a breakout game. Yeah, I, I think Darrell Walker was – that was 2015. I think he was on that cup team, right? And it was Mike Riley throwing to Darrell Walker, uh, Duke Williams. They had – did they have a Darius Bowman still at that point? I don't remember. But, like, it was it was a dynamite offense, right? And he, They were all playmakers. I think – they had Brandon Zilstra there for one year. He's in the NFL as well, but um, just great players. But I, looking back at this game for the stats, uh, asking where all the touchdowns came, I looked it up here, and Kadeem Carey had one on the ground, Mayer had one through the air, and Tommy Stevens had four rushing touchdowns. So they got near the goal line, and he punched it. He's the short yardage quarterback. Uh, he punched it in. And, That's what uh, it was. <laughs> so I, I, do you have Tommy, Tommy Stevens on your fantasy? You're doing okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was going to say, I actually, uh, I heard at one point, I tuned in later, it was right after one of his rushing touchdowns, and they said, I think he was up to 30-something fantasy points, just Unreal. because he had 
four touchdowns and it's just like what are the odds somebody would have picked him but like if you would have just been like I'll take a flyer on that guy today and build my offense around the rest of the well, <laughs> like, like, this is it yeah. right Dakota, Dakota Prukop did the same thing for the Bombers he had two touchdowns uh, he ran 30 yards on seven carries because he's the short yardage guy one of them was a 17 yard quarterback sneak I don't know how you defend that but it, it is what it is um but yeah, that's kind of our wrap on uh, the Labor Day re- Labor Day and rematch weekends. Uh, week 15 in the CFL just has three games, a rare three-game week. Um, Edmonton is in Saskatchewan on Friday. Saturday is doubleheader. Winnipeg's in Hamilton, and then BC is in Calgary to cap off week 15. And we will uh, look forward to that with anticipation of see what happens. Hopefully there's some bounce backs for the teams that aren't doing very well. And uh, a lot of good CFL, I hope... <laughs> Hope the riders get healthy and can play the game properly. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully there's no IVs needed this week, but um, that's our CFL recap. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Be right back and we'll talk some NHL. Uh, stay tuned on the MJ sports pod. Welcome back everyone to the MJ sports podcast uh, episode two here. Uh, like Mike was saying earlier, we're going to, over the next uh, four episodes or so here, we're going to break down um, the Canadian NHL team's um, additions, sub- subtractions, uh, just kind of how we're viewing those teams and how they're going to fare here moving forward uh, for this upcoming season. So uh, today we're going to be doing Ottawa, look at Ottawa and Montreal. Uh I am going to kind of take you through uh, my opinions on Ottawa here, and then uh, Mike will take you through a breakdown on Montreal. So, um, yeah, I kind of looking at notes here, Mike, uh, just kind of going back into March actually here. I was looking at different uh, trades and signings and stuff and just things that have been going on with the team here. So uh, back into March 20th, I think that was trade deadline day this year, March 20th. Um, just some of the more re- recognizable names. Uh, they brought in Drew Hamannick, uh from Vancouver. He's still got a year left on his deal, so he'll be playing this year. Uh, one of the bigger trades was uh, Nick Paul to Tampa Bay for Matthew Joseph. Um, and then uh, also put in here on March 29th, uh, Eugene Melnick, the owner of that team, actually passed away. Um, kind of shook things up. A little bit and I believe his daughters took over ownership and I think that's still kind of where that stands um June 30th they bought out uh, Colin White uh who actually signed in Florida this offseason for one year 1.2 million um one of the names that might not be as recognizable but I threw him in here was uh Dylan Hetherington on July 7th uh signed a two-year deal and I just mentioned him yeah uh, just because we got to see him when I was living with you in Swift Current, we got to see him play with the Broncos there. Um, then July 7th, one of the biggest trades for <laughs> them was uh, DeBrinket from Chicago. Uh, major <laughs> addition for that offense and for just a first, a second, and a third round pick, which kind of blew my mind. I <laughs> thought they would have been asking more for that. Um, July 11th, Matt Murray to Toronto. Another kind of surprising move, more so for Toronto than Ottawa, because Ottawa was moving him. 
Uh, July 12th, then Ottawa goes out and gets Cam Talbot from Minnesota after Minnesota signed uh, Fleury again, or extended Fleury, I should say, and Cam Talbot kind of voiced his opinion about wanting out of there because he wants to be a starter somewhere, which is understandable. Um, then July 13th, they signed Claude Giroux, three years, $6.5 million. Uh, another one I... Uh, kind of uh threw in here was just a trade from uh july 13th they traded uh connor brown to washington and i just kind of threw that in here because he was linked to the oilers that day i remember there was all this talk about there was a trade in the mix for call connor brown to the oilers they were trying to do work out details and there's this this all day and then all of a sudden he was to washington so <laughs> i just kind of threw that in there just for that uh, then July 14th, they extend Josh Norris, eight years, $7.95 million. July 28th, they extend Matthew Joseph, who they got from Tampa Bay in that uh, Nick Paul trade, uh, four years, $2.9 million. Uh, September 5th, uh, we kind of mentioned last episode, uh, extending Eric Brandstrom, one year, $900,000. Uh, and then just a few, I guess it was a few days ago, they extended Tim Stutz, eight years, eight Point three five million. Uh, those are kind of the bigger moves this offseason for them, uh, bigger names. I mean, there's a lot of minor things that they did. Um, looking on cap friendly, they still have about $7 million in cap space or so. So, I mean, still room and time to make uh, some minor adjustments around PTO, some guys, some of the guys that are still sitting around um, stuff like that. And then I was just looking at the uh, Atlantic division, which they're in as well as Montreal. Um, I can't see Ottawa being a playoff team this year. Um, they have made some moves. They've locked up their main core of guys. I think, uh, oh, I'm going to space on him now. The uh, Drake Batherson. I think he's kind of the last guy to uh, extend there to kind of round out the uh, core group of guys there that they are building around. Um, but that, that division, you got Tampa, Toronto, Florida, Montreal, who might talk about here coming up, Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa. I mean, I think Detroit's going to be a good team this year too. We're not really going too far in depth on them, but uh, the eyes are planned as it's been dubbed. Uh, he's brought in a lot, a lot of big names this off season. Um, Detroit was one of those teams that just had a ton of cap space. They've just been slowly rebuilding. And I think he kind of propelled that team quite a few steps ahead this off season. They brought in a bunch of guys. So that'll be interesting to watch, but I mean, I can see Ottawa kind of being on the fringe this year on the outside, just not quite in yet. I could see maybe next year uh, making another run, but I mean, they had a great off season. I think one of the best off seasons <laughs> of any team, uh, especially Canadian teams, like they bring in uh, Cam Talbot. So they bring in a starting goalie who's a little better, less money than they were doing for Matt Murray. Uh, they bring in Claude Giroux. That's a big piece. Um, and then, yeah, just locking up that core. So you don't got to worry about that for seven, eight years. Like they got these guys for, this year and then another seven or eight, depending on the guy there. But um, I think Ottawa is going to be a very dangerous team in a few years here. They got a lot of talent, a lot of young guys that are kind of coming up. So, um, and they kind of have done this rebuild, I think in the right way um, with the like Mark Stone and Eric Carlson and Matt Duchesne and all these trades, they've been 
just they've stockpiled all these draft picks and then they were able to use them on deals like the Debrinket thing to bring Debrinket in. They had all these extra picks and it's like, okay, here's you use one and we still got a pick that, that we can use kind of thing. So, no, that's kind of my main wrap up here for Ottawa. Um, I think, yeah, fringe playoff team this year. Um, I think in the playoffs next year is kind of going to be my guess for those guys. But I think Ottawa is going to be a very interesting team to watch this uh, upcoming year. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of my take on them. And I'll throw it here to Mike for uh, if he has any thoughts on Ottawa and then uh, kind of wrapping up on uh, Montreal here. Yeah, I think uh, I think the interesting thing with Ottawa is they're going to sell tickets this year, right? They're always talking. I mean, I remember when they were in the conference finals against Pittsburgh, they were begging people to come to the game. Like that's part of it is the is the arena being outside of city, but um, like you said, they've they've extended a lot of guys um, to long term deals. Like they have them there now for a while. Um, they've added the pieces they need, the veteran presence. The Claude Giroux thing is very intriguing to me because he lives near there, so that's why he kind of comes home in a sense. But I think they will. I, th- I think they're going to be, a, like you say, a fringe team. I don't think they're you know, going on a deep run. They could surprise us all. There's always the odd team that does. But um, I think they're going to sell tickets this year, and I, I hope that that fan base buys into what what they're trying to do there because I think it's it's pretty special. Uh, be cool to go through the uh, divisions at some point too on this show and just kind of rank them because I think I, I don't see how Tampa Bay doesn't finish first in that division again this year coming up like that's just how they're that's how they're built right but uh, another team in that division obviously is the Habs and uh, kind of uh, moves this summer um, obviously the one of the main ones that happened in the season was Tyler Toffoli he went to Calgary and we got to knock them out of the playoffs as we've joyfully announced here on this podcast but um, that was kind of one of their main in-season in season moves, excuse me. Um, but subtractions from last season that you won't see on the team this year, uh, Alex Romanoff, uh, Jeff Petrie, Ryan Poling. Uh, there's a couple minor guys. There's Xavier Roulette, William Lagason, who is an oiler, who got traded there for Brett Kulak. He is now going to Carolina, uh, where Ethan Bear is. <laughs> so I guess they're back together. Sammy Niku is gone. Josh Brook is gone. Cedric Paquette is gone. Matthew Perot retired. Uh, Weber's contract was moved out. Um, and so who comes in this season? There's a few minor guys, Madison Bowie, um, Anthony Richard, and Mitchell Stevens, I think is how you pronounce his name, Stefan Stevens. Um, and then you have your big names, Joris Slavkovsky, uh, Philip Mesar. Uh, Ram Pitlick, Michael Matheson came over in the Petrie deal. Um, Sean Monahan or Sean Monahab, we talked about his toast video last time. And then Kirby Doc, which is like the one that everyone's like, what the heck is Chicago doing giving up both of those guys to Atlantic Division teams? Um, and I mean, I mean, to bring up being the other one, but Kirby Doc goes there. Um, the, the the question mark that's always going to be on Montreal is Carey Price, right? And they're putting him on the, the LTIR. Is this the end of his career? I unfortunately, as a fan, think so. Like, he's he's come back. Then he goes back to the injured list. He comes back. Um, he was in the NHL's um, player assistance program there for a time. Um, he's just – he's had a rough road the last little while here, right? And 
Um, so that leaves you with Allen, Jake Allen and Montembeau to tend the net. And I mean, Jake Allen was, he's a great goaltender, but he's not going to get you anywhere else. Like he showed that in St. Louis, they could not push the envelope until all of a sudden Bennington took over one year and they've since won a Stanley cup. Right. So um, Jake Allen, is he the answer in Montreal of all franchises? Like the media is just horrific there. I don't know. Caden Primo, they re-signed him. He's kind of been in their system for a long time. He could be an option down the road. Um, I don't know. I, I think the intriguing part is where the goaltending goes and where it takes them. Because I, I think up front and stuff they've and defense, they've established some, some pieces, but where are they going to go with that? And then obviously uh, the day we're recording this, uh, was announced this morning that uh, Nick Suzuki was named captain of the Montreal Canadiens and he is entering year one of an eight-year 63 million dollar extension that he signed back when Mark Bergevin was still GM so that was signed a while ago um, but he's entering year one of that and he's there for eight years uh, barring some sort of trade going on um, and we'll see we'll see where, where they go this year I personally I think this team very much like what you're saying Josh I think I don't think they'll be last in the NHL again. I hope not anyways, for the sake of their fan base. I don't like to see Canadian teams last, but um, unless the Oilers and you get McDavid, then you're okay. But it's, uh, it's going to be intriguing to see where they go. Um, I don't, I think they're better than last year. Definitely not a cup contender, but I think they're, they're better than they were last season. Um, What do you, what do you think on their, their team there? Yeah, no, I think they definitely have made improvements. Um, Obviously, Montreal's going through a rebuild. Like, that's not Mm -hmm. really news to anybody. Um, It's just kind of crazy how they had that cup run kind of out of nowhere, went all the way to the Stanley Cup finals, and then the next year they're lost in the NHL, like, just right off. And, I mean, a large part of that is Carey Price. Like, he does carry that team. (laughs) Mm-hmm. No, pun, no pun intended but like he's kind of the guy who bails them out of a lot of things and kind of hides a lot of their mistakes and missing Shea Weber is a big uh, hole in the blue line as well so I mean you take a starting goalie and a top pairing D-man off of any team and they're going to struggle like mm-hmm. it's not really surprising but yeah no I think I think they're going to be kind of on the outs looking in too. Um, I think honestly in that division, I think playoff teams will be Tampa, Toronto, Florida, Detroit. Mm -hmm. And I think Montreal, Buffalo, Ottawa on the outside this year. And then I think things will shake up a little bit. Um, I don't want to get too much into Toronto because we will be covering them later on, probably next episode or episode after that. So I won't get too much into that, but um, everyone's waiting for that one Josh everyone's waiting yeah, for that one yeah well let's just uh we'll wrap that up quick then uh Toronto uh first round exit okay that's covered <laughs> that uh, no but <laughs> yeah no I think uh Detroit with the moves they made they'll be in the playoffs but yeah I think Montreal Ottawa kind of on the outs looking in um this year but definitely you've taken steps um I'm interested to see uh Slavkovsky if uh, if he plays the full year in the NHL or do they send them to the minors for a year? If they are committed to this rebuild, do you send them to the minors for a year to continue his development? Cause I mean, it could be a situation where 
if you keep him on your team, you're hindering his development, uh, losing, he's losing confidence and stuff like that. So that'll be mm-hmm. kind of intriguing. And then, yeah, they're, they're question marks in goal there, but no, I think between Ottawa and Montreal too, I think Ottawa made a few more moves. I can see them kind of being ahead of Montreal in the standings ahead of Montreal and Buffalo, but, um, yeah, no, be very intriguing to see this upcoming season for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's that's valid. I th- the other team you mentioned there of being on the outside is Buffalo, and I think that team <laughs> may show some improvement this year too. I think freeing themselves of Eichel and adding assets like Alex Took and things like they're they're going to be okay. Um, and we'll see. I mean, they loaded up. Do you remember like? Was it two seasons ago? They loaded up with Hall and Eakin and all these big names and just bust one by one. They went out the door Mm -hmm. Um, and they were like, this is the year Buffalo makes the playoffs. They stacked their team and it's whatever. I actually saw a Taylor Hall jersey in the store the other day, an autographed Taylor Hall jersey from Buffalo sitting beside an Oilers one. I was like, that's don't see that every day. But um, it was it is they're going to be intriguing teams. I think, like I say, they're going to be fans are going to want to watch these teams. Um, It's not going to be. It's going to be tough times ahead, but the future is bright for both of them, and uh, we'll we'll see what what comes of it. But uh, that kind of wraps up our our recaps of those two teams. Next week we will um, dive into Toronto and Winnipeg. We'll work our way across, and uh, we'll look at what those teams have to do, and um, maybe what they have done to try and improve what they did last year. Jets is going to be an intriguing topic as well because there's so many changes there, but. That'll be next week on the pod, episode three. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod. Mike and Josh with you. Josh, here we come to the close of episode two already. Hard to believe we're this far into the pod. I know other people will be like, two episodes, whoop-de-doo, but... I think already for us, it's quite something considering we weren't even sure what this would look like when we started. Um, yeah, we want to close with some NFL Pick'em and uh, Performers of the Week. And so, Josh, I'll throw it to you. You can give us your Performer or Performers of the Week, honorable mentions, however you want to do it, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, no, sounds good. Uh, yeah, no, it's kind of weird, like, thinking of when we were setting this podcast up originally, I was like, I didn't think... Like, it's not like we put a ton of work into this, like other bigger podcasts do and stuff like that, but it's still trying to meet up and uh, get times to record and <laughs> different things mm-hmm. going on in life. So, no, it's been interesting so far, but yeah, two episodes down is a good accomplishment, I think, so far. And like you said, it's only two, but I mean, it still feels pretty accomplished to get at least that much done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, going into performers of the week, uh, for me, I just uh, kind of, sh- until we get more into like NHL, I think we can start picking more individuals on bigger games. But uh, for me this week, anyways, I just took the uh, Calgary Stampeders defense just as a whole as uh, my performer of the week uh, combined for four sacks, I believe, uh, maybe five, but uh, big turning point in that game I think was uh first drive Edmonton and uh Tremaine Washington with the pick six kind of started the momentum in Calgary's favor there so uh and they kind of never looked back after that um so yeah they took the uh Calgary defense as my performer of the week uh honorable mention goes to uh 
Papua New Guinea in the uh, cricket game yesterday against the U.S. Uh, they won by 26 runs. So uh, we were going to cover some cricket. So there's uh, that going on. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be my uh, honorable mention. Josh and I plan out uh, kind of what the, what we're going to talk about before we hit record on each segment. And that segment, he told me, was going to be a surprise. So that was a pretty good one. Um, <laughs> for mine, uh, I'm going to the baseball world. And we're going to touch a bit. Uh, more on baseball a little bit in the next number of shows just because we're getting to the stretch run here and playoffs and things um and i for a fact know that some of the people who listen to this enjoy blue jays enjoy mlb so we will touch on that a little bit but my performer of the week um and it's really performer of september so far has been bo bichette uh today um is tuesday when we're recording this segment and um the blue jays playing a doubleheader with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. And before those games aired, Bo Bichette so far is batting 5'11". Now, th- for those that don't know baseball, 300 is pretty good. So 5'11 is absolutely unreal. Seven home runs, 21 RBI. Uh, his his OPS is 1.677, and his slugging is 1.128. Um, just absolute tear. And uh, he just keeps batting in runs. Um, Monday night, they were playing a game. He got, uh, got the ball right off the kind of off the arm and then off the bill of his helmet. And he threw the bat down in anger and walked towards first base. And, uh, his next at bat hit a two run home run to win the game. Well, it's, it stood as the eventual winner. Um, an innings inning later, they won the game. So, um, he's my performer of the week. I just earlier in the year, even a month ago, people were like, man, throw this guy in the minors, let him get his mojo back. <laughs> and now he's like one of the best players in the league right now, as of late, batting 5'11", going into the doubleheader uh, on Tuesday. And um, yeah, that moves then to moves us then to pick him. Um, NFL, uh, Josh, <laughs> you went 4-0 for someone who doesn't really pay attention to NFL, and I went 2-2. Two and two. Uh, we had the we had the Bills, the Vikings, the Buccaneers, and the Seahawks all champions. Although that Monday nighter could have gone either way, a one point win. Um, yeah, there I was, I was pretty I was pretty nervous watching the Seahawks. I had uh, when we were uh, doing a little segment yesterday recording, I had it on the uh, side of my computer here watching it tick down, and they were up <laughs> by one. And I was kind of keeping my fingers crossed to go four and zero for you. Like. <laughs> I don't watch any NFL games really. So I was just hoping I could pull off the four. No, I thought that'd be a pretty funny way to start this pick them segments. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to keep track of this. We're going to do four a week. Like we, like we said, and we're going to keep track of this and um, see at the end of the year, what it's like. We got the CFL pick them online and our brothers, we do fantasy sports, fantasy CFL, um, NFL, I beat Josh in fantasy NFL. If I want to just throw that out there, just beat him. Mainly Justin Jefferson actually came through for me, but um, okay, Josh, I'm going to throw games at you and you can give me your, your thoughts here. Uh, Thursday night football, which will be tomorrow already. um, As we drop this on a Wednesday, the Los Angeles chargers at the chiefs at KC. Who do you like in that one? Uh, I think, the Chiefs are probably favored with Mahomes, um, so let's just go Chargers. Let's go a little underdog okay. in that situation. I am going to play the Chargers as well. I like uh, Herbert at quarterback there. Um, I want to I just find the game list here. Um, 
the game uh, in the afternoon on Fox. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with the Falcons and the Rams. Who do you like in that game? Uh, let's go with the Rams. Okay, that's who I was gonna say too. <laughs> Our records might be the same here. Uh, Sunday night football, we got the Bears and the Packers, and it's at Green Bay. Who do you like in that game? The Packers are not gelling right now. I'm going to stick with uh, I'm going to go Bears, I think, on that one. Okay. I like, just, I like Justin Fields, too, I think. Good quarterback yeah. up and coming in NFL, so. I think I'm going to go uh, – yeah, it's tough, right? They're, when they're playing at Lambeau, it's – they're a good team, it seems, but I don't – I don't know. Those Bears just pulled it out last week. I'm going to go Green Bay again, even though they let me down last week. Um, and then there's two Monday nighters, but I want to key on one that I think will be – they're both good, Titans and Bills, Vikings and Eagles. But I want to – let's do the Vikings and Eagles. Uh, who do you have? It's in Philadelphia, if that helps you at all. Uh, who, do you have Minnesota or Philadelphia there? Who's Philadelphia's quarterback right now? I know they – is it Jalen Hurts still? Jalen Hurts is still there apparently, yeah. Okay. Um, you know what? The Vikings helped me last week. Let's go uh, Vikings one more time. Okay. I know our brother is an Eagles fan, so he might not like <laughs> that pick. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Philadelphia at home. I think they, they showed some impressive uh, – they won by three, 38-35 week one, so it's not like it was a defensive affair. But um, So we both have the Chargers. We both have the Rams going L.A. And then I have Green Bay, Philadelphia. You have Chicago, Minnesota. Um, next episode, we want to touch on NHL PTOs. Josh, you want to talk a little bit about what we're going to do there and then, uh, we'll take it from there. Yeah, no, I think, um, it's just very interesting. I think the PTO situation going into this, uh, the training camp, just because of the weird free agency that happened with a lot of big names still sitting out there. Uh, as we record today, uh, Sonny Milano is still without a contract. Um, and guys like that, I know there's uh, Jake Vertanen linked to the Oilers, potentially uh, a lot of people, like I listen to other sports podcasts and almost every sports podcast I've listened to this week say it's a bad idea for uh, the Oilers to go after him. I'm in the kind of in the, maybe alone in the camp that, uh, give the guy a chance, I guess. Like, you're not really risking anything bringing guys in on PTOs. Like, worst case scenario, they don't play for you. Uh, best case scenario, they really outperform in camp and they take a spot. Um, the other thing is the Oilers have some uh, prospects coming up too, which we can touch on when we're talking about PTOs but the, or when we break down the Oilers. But guys like uh, Borgo and Holloway and guys like that, that you bring in a guy on a PTO, he might – might be able to give Holloway and Borgo just a chance to develop a bit further in the minors for a year. But uh, yeah, no, there's just lots of interesting names still without contracts. So I think the PTO situation this offseason, I can see uh, lots of teams bringing in two or three guys into camp just to have some extra competition and see. So kind of, uh, yeah, we'll touch on that next week and just kind of an interesting uh mm-hmm interesting piece of the off season, I guess, just kind of, the whole off season's kind of been a weird thing <laughs> with the uh, qualifying offers to RFAs and free agents, not like Kadri went forever without signing and like other guys went forever without signing and lots of extensions and just 
it's kind of just been a weird off season this off season. So I'm kind of intri- intrigued with the PTO opportunities that some of these guys might get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As we record this uh, Tuesday night, ready to send it out tomorrow morning. Um, there's 14 official PTOs uh, signed at this point. Um, and not all of them are just like nobody names. There's Eric Stahl is one of them, right? We'll get into some of those um, already uh, next episode, but that'll do it for us this week on the MJ sports pod. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MJ sports pod. You can email us MJ sports pod at gmail.com. We have a lot of followers coming in and it's, it's fun to have you along for the ride. Um, this podcast is available through ACAST. It's available on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe, leave us a rating there, help us know how we can make this better. Um, wherever you can get your podcast, Spotify has it as well. And uh, we will look forward to seeing you next time on the MJ Sports Pod. Take care, everybody.